In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, hello, Senator. Good day, Gov. Well, you know what? Uh, I, it, we are not broadcasting live this day from Dalio, London. No, we're not. We were just double-dogged there by our producer to go British. Although we're trying to work on that ascent on the right syllable. Well, it's not working. It's not working at all. So our question for this morning, how do I lead a team or a ministry or an organization and stay motivated? Highly motivated. Highly, highly motivated. Welcome to Girlfriend It. We want to rally you to do the remarkable, and this is Patty and Lisa, and we have not yet gone British because we cannot figure out how to speak But I love yet. people with the British accent. <laughs> it just, like, endears me, so I, I wish I could do that. But and yeah. that, that has nothing to do with our show today. I'm nothing. Going, it's a random <laughs> tangent, which we can follow. Well, we want to do a great big shout-out to our girlfriend, Kelly Reynolds, and actually dedicate this show to her in Seattle because she recently emailed us on how do we motivated. It kind of sounds like we're doing a Dear Abby column or something. <laughs> it's going Dear Abby this day. <laughs> well, we had a great girlfriend weekend with Kelly and her team and other dynamic women at Faith. And so we also have to shout out to um, Angie. Angie Swanson and the Girlfriends of Faith. And we are so excited because we just recently spent a weekend with them, had a blast in the, we, we thought it was great weather because it was rainy because being from the desert and they were dying because they wanted the heat. So we're sending our heat their way because we're having a heat wave. But the Girlfriends of Faith, we got to spend a weekend doing, speaking for their retreat and just had a blast. And that alone will keep you motivated when you're able to spend time with a team that is um, jazzed up. But staying motivated is a difficult assignment, and especially when you have the distractions of family and other responsibilities. Because life just screams at you so many times, and you can be going, I'm going to, I'm going to get this done, and yet then something interrupts, and so it gets us off course, and it can get us distracted and discouraged and deflated, and before we know it, we're off course. But there's a quote that we like from Dale Carnegie, and it says, it is hardly a secret that the key to successfully accomplishing one goal after another is staying motivated. All right, so fancy quote quoter. <laughs> Thank how you. Do, how do we stay motivated? You know I love quotes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there are two kind of quotes. Or two kind of quotes. <laughs> there are two kind of motivations. And let me just tell you what they are. The tell first old wise one. The from, first one is how do you keep your heart and mind focused and motivated? And the second one Help me. How do you stay motivated to achieve the measurable results and productivity? Because one is about the results, and one is just about engaging your heart so you can have the results. 
And I am all about those results. I, I know you are. When, when I go to bed at night and I can see the productivity and I have measurable goals that you can actually go, okay, I've accomplished this, I sleep so much better. I know you do. And so many times at the end of our little work days, we will say, was this a day worth getting up for? Meaning, did we accomplish something significant and do we feel like we moved from here to there? And sometimes if you don't have that productivity, you, you can feel like you're just getting dragged under the bus. And that's where the emotional motivation has to come in. And I, and I think even with Kelly's question, I think you get to that point where it's like, how do I stay motivated just emotionally to go, I want to get up in the morning, I want to seize this day, and I want to make it happen. Exactly, because I think as women, we're talking about even leading teams or organizations or ministries, you can get beat up pretty Mm -hmm. easily, and it just, so many times you can have so many positive things happen, and then there's just one voice that says something, and that can totally put you in a hole, because that one voice seems to be so much louder than the other positive ones, Mm -hmm. and so you, you have to... I think constantly make sure you're surrounding yourself with people who have your back and are, can bring that perspective back so you don't get off course and going, you know, I'm a loser, because we can all feel that way easy, but go, no. You know what? That's one little minor step back. I'm going to stay the course, and I'm going to keep going. And I think also what we love to do is we love to set little goals for ourselves. Make it a game. Make it fun. Yeah. What, you know? And you, and you also have to have a passion point. I think the ones that we see that are really strong leaders – is that they they play hard and they work hard. And you have to have um, a passion outside. So when you're getting really beat up, you can almost shut that off. You can use that switch, and that takes a lot of discipline to do that. But you can turn it off and go, okay, but now I'm going to do what I, what I love to do in this area. And it's usually in a, on a personal um, thing. I know, I know you love going uh, quad riding up north and in the pine trees and you know, I love to be training for something, to do triathlons, and to always have that goal of a personal goal where you just, your mind goes elsewhere, basically. Exactly. You can kind of, because I think so many times we get consumed in, like, the roles and the tasks of what we're doing, but you still have to have that outlet. Like, what are you passionate about? What is something that's, like, a no-brainer? Like, last, last the other day we had on guest Kathy Herod, who's significantly leading in the community and highly influential, and she says she goes off and goes to consignment stores right, and just, just wanders around, just wanders. And I think as women, we need permission sometimes to go, okay, do something fun that you like to do. And as women, we forget the fun because we see doing something fun in our lives as a luxury yes. and that we're being selfish, but it really is self-care. It, and it, it does, so I know our producer does Zumba, and it's, it's an area where you, you really are filling your cup up with something that just puts a smile on your face. Exactly. I mean, you just love it and... You have to have that or you can really just get... Well, because that energizes you to keep going in the other things that, that can be exhausting at times, even though they're so worth it. And I think that's what, it's just keeping perspective and keeping things in balance and realizing there are seasons. There are seasons of highs and lows. And so we always say, okay, we don't want to get too excited when things are great because just as soon as they're great, they can go down. But then when they're down, don't get too discouraged because soon it can go back up. That is that ebbs so and flows. We always get way too excited. <laughs> it's a good thought, and I think ideally it really works. We need to work on that because <laughs> we get excited about things even before they actually even happen. We've been told that many times. We celebrate our victories before they even get hatched. You know what? But I wouldn't have any other way because it keeps a goal and it keeps it keeps hope in front of us. And I think that's one of the things you always want to know. There's hope that this this will come out. This will work out. You know, there's a good good end result there. Yeah. And that keeps you going. And I think it's important to bring people along in the journey who um, you know put a smile on your face. 
you know, that just make you laugh. That and would be me. Protected. Let me just remind you, that's me. <laughs> yes, because I think you claim that you're the gov this day. I am I'm not a, sure. I'm the governor. You I'm the governor. You with British accent. <laughs> Hello, governor. <laughs> well, that is one way to stay motivated is to look at your passion point. Usually your, your, pers- your, personal, <laughs> your personal passion point and really make sure that you're making time for that. But you also, how do you wake up in the morning and just go, I need to stay motivated in getting my my stuff done? How do I just go, I am going to produce and be so productive today, but I have to be highly motivated? And I know for some, they have to have that list. You have to either the night before. Some people write have the a plan list. sometimes. You ha- yeah, and um, many of our girlfriends that are, we, we have teams with, they like to do the night before, make their list, so that way they can sleep better. Because then you're not laying there going, oh, I got to do that, and I got to do that, and I got to do that. But then, I know for us, we laugh at that because we're, we're list makers in our mind, but by the time we write the list, then we could already have one more task done. So <laughs> I, I always laugh at that, that it's like I will write lists sometimes during the day, but to be that organized, to go through, okay, 20 things I need to accomplish, I would rather go accomplish at least one of those by the exactly. time I write my – because we're very much aware of what we need to accomplish and what we have to get done at the end of the day. Yes. And then and bullet points, because we have something quick, because sometimes the list um, can seem overwhelming at least, you know, sometimes, but just the bullet points of a, maybe three things I want to accomplish tomorrow. And I think also at the end of the day, make a list of three things that you want to celebrate. Because I think we forget to look at the things that were positive in the day that happened, even the little tiny things, the little tiny victories of the day. I know for you the other day, uh, we joke about having a laundry day, but you were celebrating a little victory as far as you were hanging a shirt over something, over a railing or something to dry, as I recall, and you made a game out of it. You got really excited because it started to slip off the the railing, and you grabbed it so you didn't have to run downstairs, which I was going to say – I thought you would have embraced it because it would have given you more time to have a little exercise <laughs> going up and down the stairs. So I thought you would have relished that. But, but that you were grateful. But you were grateful that you at least had some laundry done because so, you're, you're moving so fast. Like you know, you just give yourself the time frame. Like I'm going to get this done and I'm going to do it in four minutes. And just continue with mind games that you're giving yourself these little goals to get your stuff done rather than dreading it. Yes, it's like it brings you joy. Yes, it does. And when you when you give yourself some like little goals. It is emotionally freeing because you don't have to think about that anymore. You well, I know your plate. for us in our celebrations, like we travel quite a bit, and we even make games out of our, our traveling experience. Like whatever city or whatever state we're going into, we each get to take turns and claim it. So then, like, let's just say Nashville because that one always makes I did me claim laugh. Nashville. You I claimed love that. Nashville. And so we had to do things, all things country. And, and you are not a country person. Mm-hmm. I do love country. It's just homey, and I love that sound of it. And you mock me because you're the rock and roll thing, which is fine. And I like that. At certain times, I like all different music, but I'm like, okay, I am claiming Nashville because I love country. And so we went to the Grand Ole Opry, and we went to different places. And I have to tell you, I think you enjoyed it more than you wanted to admit. Although I'm anti-country, I did have a smile on my face you did. the whole time, yes. In the Hall of Fame, and I actually took you on that little tour. We, somebody set it up for us. Even. Yes. And so it was so fun. But we like to, even when we travel, one of us gets to claim a city, and then we kind of cater to that, and it makes it fun. And, and that's what you have to do, be it with your kids or just with your team. You have to continuously put that fun element in there. Otherwise, all work and no play makes Jack a very dull boy. <laughs> 
And dull is a, it's a dirty word in our vocabulary. It's a very dirty word. So we don't go dull at all. And having that fun, staying motivated, being excited about life, it really is a choice. You have to wake up in the morning, and like you said, this is going to be a day worth living because otherwise life can be so daily and sometimes you don't even want to put your makeup on if I know. you're not making it fun. I know. So it's like as we close this segment and get ready to talk to our next guest, we want to just challenge you to come up with like two things this day that you can do no matter how little to do to keep you highly motivated or, or just motivated. And if maybe you need to call a girlfriend, maybe you need to make a list, or maybe you need to look at something to celebrate. But do something this day. To, uh, to stay highly motivated. And we'll if you right- want, put it on our Girlfriend It page. Those two things that you're doing back on the page. Thank you. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Parents, if you feel overlooked, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, the Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginat. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment. And that's what the Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues from teething to teen driving brenda nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning the birth to five book from fox four in kansas city to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores conferences to churches audiences rave that brenda engages educates and encourages for more information on brenda and her books check out her website brendanixon.com the parents plate is loaded with information and affirmation the parents plate with brenda nixon Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Hey, moms, juggle your hats with our mom of many hats, Angie Mazzillo. Friday afternoons at 5 Eastern, 4 Central on the Mom to Mom Network. Moms are always juggling their hats. And sometimes it's easy for moms to forget their value when life calls for switching from role to role. But the ability to juggle so many hats is priceless. She is never just a mom. She's a decision maker, coordinator, creative genius, counselor, a friend, an authority, and a leader in her household. On Mom of Many Hats Radio, we'll be talking about the hats that you as a mom juggle. We'll acknowledge your importance and support in helping you and all moms to not just defend your value, but to believe in your value. For more on the show and Angie, check out her website, azmamaminihats.com. She is a strong woman. She is powerful. She is wonderful. And she is valuable. Mom of Many Hats with Angie Mazzillo. Friday afternoons at 5 Eastern, 4 Central on the Mom to Mom Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are back after talking about all these fabulous tips, if we do say so ourselves, <laughs> on, <laughs> humble opinion. on how to stay motivated. 
And now we are going into um, talk with our guest, Terry Davis, who is a leader in ministry. And Terry is going to share with us 25 things of what he wished he knew when he first started doing ministry, which, of course, we're all, like, major talkers, so we're never going to get through those 25 things. Mm-mm. So we're going to have a goal to maybe even hit half of but that. But I understand that he talks fast, so maybe we will get maybe, through all those. Maybe we will. So, Terry, how are you today? I'm excellent, Patty and Lisa. How are you? We are great, and we are having a fun time. We actually started this morning with a British accent, so <laughs> if you ever want to just like go into a British conversation, we're good with that. Okay, I'll, I'll work on that. <laughs> so, Terry, we have to. Um, we're going to dive right in because we really want to try to hit some of these tips that you have for us on all those sure. things that you wish that you knew. And I, I want to ask you, what would be the very first thing? that if you could say, if I could just give you one tip of if you're going into leading a team or an organization or a ministry, what would be one thing that you wish you would have known going into ministry? With 24 more to follow. Yes. (laughs) Hands down, number one most important thing is be yourself. Mm. I have seen on on both, uh, on many sides, I've seen um, people that, that feel like they need to be somebody else, like maybe they somebody's already doing that ministry or they, there's somebody they, they aspire to be and they start acting like them. Uh, my frame of reference, I'm a youth minister, and I remember a youth sponsor saying, hey, I bought cool shoes because the youth were going to like me because I have cool shoes. I had to go buy the shoes. And they don't. You know, it's, it's yeah. not just it's, – it's who you are. And it, when I first started, I thought that since I'm a leader, I should wear a tie all the time. No one told me to do that. I just – thought that, but that's not me. And what what I've discovered is as I exploit my talents, as I am true to who I am and the way God has put me together and the strengths that I have, that that draws people in. And when I try to be something I'm not, first of all, it just doesn't work. You know, you can can pull that out for a little while, but but people can see a fake and they can spot it a mile away. But, But we need people when we have a team that's made up of different people with different strengths and different skills, we attract more people to our ministries, more people to our team, and they find a place and somebody that they can they can identify with. So be yourself. You know, I love that, Terry, because um, when I first started doing ministry, I have a really goofy, corny personality, and it's not very Christianese. At times, I can be very inappropriate, and um, <laughs> I will validate that. <laughs> I. I, I think you just have to be yourself, even that. You think, oh, people are going to think I'm not spiritual enough because mm-hmm. find the humor in every single sentence that comes out. And it, that's okay. That, that's the way yeah. God created you, and you, you just have to be yourself and not change yourself to, like, hit that spiritual, you know, whatever, you know, where everything that comes out of your mouth, you're, you know. The golden nugget. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, so I love that. that. That is a great, great tip. Um, what would be your next one? Um, next is, is don't act like you have all the answers. You know, yeah, Lisa. Whether it's it's <laughs> specifically the Bible or life in general, sometimes we feel like, you know, if, as a leader, we if someone asks a question, we have to give them an answer, and a lot of times we wind up making stuff up. And, and, and you know, we need to find the answer for people, but it's okay to say, I don't know. As, you know, again, working with teenagers – a lot of times when I'm teaching, I, I will say, I don't, I don't understand this. Uh, I'll try and help find an answer, but uh, early on, I just 
talked until I said something that sounded good to me. But <laughs> but I've learned that it's okay to say let me let me see, or to, to even after that to say. I, this is my best guess, but I don't know everything. And, and even probably more importantly, as we lead, is is our life. To it's it's okay that we have struggles and that we're not the perfect spouse or the perfect parent or the perfect Christian or the perfect leader. It, it is okay for us to have bad days. And many times, as leaders, we feel like we have to be the one that has it so together that we can never let anybody see our weak points. But the truth is. In our weakest moments, people see the strength that we have as a leader, and they they see something that they can aspire to, and it's 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 how we handle those situations. And that's so, that's hard for me because I am perfect in all those things. And Sherry, <laughs> remember, she confessed that she's inappropriate at times, so I just want to keep that in mind. Keep that in, but I love what you're saying about this because that goes back to the first one, being yourself. So don't yeah. have to know it all. Just be yourself. So yeah, and go you know, together a little bit. Well, sure, and, and many people, especially if you work in a situation where you have people that are looking at you as a Christian, and maybe they have never seen a Christian boss or a Christian parent, and mm. they they just they don't even know what it looks like, and to they don't need something that is a that is false. They need to see something real that they can aspire to, and they can see it. And when when we act like we have it all together, we don't get give them the opportunity to see us work through even struggles. And kids, they have that faker antenna out. They know who's yeah. me and who's just playing the role. And, they, yeah, they can see right right through that. And I love what you said because it makes you human, too. When you're yeah. um, just being real and genuine and you come back with, I don't know, I don't have all the answers to that, then mm-hmm. and they realize that they don't have to have all the answers to everything. And they don't have to be sure. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly right. Yes. And it's something that's that's more obtainable for them, that they can see it as, oh, I, I can do that. And when we give this false persona, uh, I think sometimes we set them up to, to fail because they're like, I could never be like them. They're perfect. They everything is. They never fight with their spouse. They never get mad with their kids. They never sin. They're perfect. And what we're really showing them is they're, they're thinking, I could never be that, so why even try? Well, and it goes back to being plastic, and you can see yeah. And and it's like I know people. It's so interesting that you know that you know their their public persona is one thing, and you know behind the scenes they're about ready to kill each other. Yeah. In couples and, and that are in leadership, and yet in public they're like the most loving couple. And you're like, mm-hmm. really, just just be who you are. You know, yes. you don't have to pretend. Okay, number three. What would you say? We love this list. This this goes <laughs> to our keeping a list too. Yes, excellent. Uh, I would say be a model, not a buddy. Uh, I think one of the biggest mistakes leaders make is when they try to be everybody's friend and they want everybody on their team uh, to like them and to hang out with them. When as a leader, what we really should be doing is modeling the behavior that that we want them to, to have. We we want to be real and not echo the answers, but we are trying to, to show them something. And again, you know, my, frame of reference is teenagers, and uh, I've seen youth workers that just, you know, you're 30 years old and you want to hang out with teenagers. They don't want another friend. They definitely don't want a 30-year-old friend. They need to see somebody that is that is modeling. And, you know, on, on other teams, that that's being an example. That's being a servant. That's not just standing back and telling them what to do, 
but showing them what to do and giving them something to aspire to, setting that example for them uh, and giving them something that they would they would want to be like a, a model that they would aspire to, to be. Well, you know what's really interesting because even in working with women, you see so many women that when they have like teenage daughters, they try to dress and to be like them and to be their buddy instead of being the parent role. And mm-hmm. I think it's confusing to the teenagers. And I think for women, sometimes you go, okay, you're missing it here. They, like you said, they don't need another buddy. They don't need you to compete with them. Because we've even seen some teenage girls feel like their mom is competing with them, sure. you know, and they're trying, she's trying to be somebody she's not. And I think that's important as, as parents to realize, you know what, you can be their friend um, as a, and still be the parent without compromising, you know, your authenticity. Right. And you see parents that are going through divorce or they're really struggling, they're we live in such a busy culture where they're actually using their daughters as their friends and mm-hmm. and their counselors. So right. they're going to them with these adult conversations and these adult issues, and it's like you said, they they think of them as this is my buddy, and they're they're pouring out these very difficult, complicated things that these these people these kids shouldn't even have to take on, and they're exactly. they're missing the childhood aspect aspect and having to jump in as as an adult. So that is that is really good information. And I'm going to add on to that. When when we work with teams of women in that same be a model, not a buddy, um, it's one thing when you have a team that you're saying, we, we are taking this mountain and we're all working together. But I know for Lisa and I, we've made some mistakes on that, on we are family. You know, we're doing pinky mm-hmm. promises and dripping blood in a cup together to say we're in this together and we're going to be in it forever. <laughs> And then a week later, you know, there's some really poor judgment and decisions, and you're going, why, why did I become blood sisters, and why are, <laughs> why are we taking the, you know, taking the mountain? And you have to be careful with that. You, as a team, you can, you can be that model and move forward that, yes, this team is going to conquer the mountain, but you have to be careful in how much of that blood sister that you're, you're because you're committing sometimes you to. have to have those tough conversations in leadership and working with women, and sometimes those tough conversations is with a friend that's a girlfriend mm-hmm. that's in leadership with you. We see women, you know, just really struggling with that, and that can really sap life out of you and and keep you from being motivated. And so, sure. a lot of these issues is great. Yeah, we we only have a minute and a half before we or one minute till we get into our commercial break. So we're going to go into the next tip. So take a stand. Don't let let things go. What, what yeah. do you have to say about that, Terry? That is huge. When when you notice something, um, and it's a behavior that is that is inappropriate. As a leader, we have to take a stand. We have to. If you don't, if you let something go, you have validated that behavior in their minds. And it is really hard to go back if you just brush it off. So when something happens that is immoral or, it, you know, or just breaking the rules, if, if you let it go for somebody, you have validated that. And it becomes the longer you let it go, the harder it is to come back and, and fix that. And as a leader, and I'm very non-confrontational, but we have to stand up and say that we have to be the ones to say that was wrong and that was inappropriate. And that is such a great point, and on that we're going to stop and take a break and come back with more tips on how to stay motivated and how to effectively lead and not get deflated. So, Terry, thank you. We'll be right back.
This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pidron. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Togenet.com. Why do I feel so lousy? Why aren't my medications working? Why can't my doctor figure me out? These are just a few of the questions Dr. Kevin Connors will be exploring in Dr. Kevin Connors Live every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. The author of the book, Help, My Body is Killing Me, solving the connections of autoimmune disease to thyroid problems, fibromyalgia, depression, ADD, ADHD, and more. He'll dig into these and many other conditions to dissect the mechanisms of your problems. Giving God the glory and looking for answers to make you look and feel better. To make you feel whole again. For more on him, his book, and the show, check out UpperRoomWellness.com. Never be satisfied with a diagnosis. There is always a reason behind it. And if you can alter the mechanisms that led you down your current path, we can change your future. It's Dr. Kevin Connors, live, Monday nights at 9, 10 Central, here on Togginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are back with Terry Davis, a leader in ministry, and we've been talking about how to stay highly motivated when you're leading teams and organizations and ministries. But right now we're going through some tips of... Um, Basically, how do we do all these things? And we're right on the tip of taking a stand. So, Terry, you, you left us hanging. So will you, will you keep um, giving us more information on how do we take a stand in leadership? Sure. And let me give an example. Uh, I was a youth minister in a church in Indiana, and I was at, at a family's house for a cookout and just kind of hanging out and is in one of my students' rooms looking at stuff, and he was showing me trophies and that kind of stuff. And I picked up his CD collection, and I thumbed through it, and Everything in there was explicit lyrics. And I remember kind of being shocked, but then just not knowing what to do and setting it down and just going on with the day. And a few hours later, it hit me that I had put my stamp of approval on his CDs without, by not saying anything. And I t- played this scenario in my head where if his parents ever did confront him and go, why are you listening to this? He could say, well, Terry, the youth minister, saw it, and he didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. And so by being silent, 
I validated it. And so I had to go back to that kid, and, and I kind of made a vow at that point on that if I hear somebody, and again, not just teenagers, but when you, when you hear something from a team that is a behavior that is inappropriate, if, if we don't have the guts to stand up and say something, our silence has validated the behavior. Mm-hmm. And we've given them a, a resource to say, well, this leader knows what I'm doing, and they didn't say anything, so it must be okay. So we have to take a stand at the very first when we see something that is inappropriate. And that is such a fine line. I'm so glad that you brought that up. I know I worked in the airline industry, and um, I worked with quite a few people that uh, lived um, different lifestyles. And mm-hmm. I would they would come up to me and show me pictures of um, – just, I'm just putting it out there. I mean, it was. <laughs> Are you going inappropriate? I, right I'm now? going inappropriate. I'm just, you know, pictures that were graphic, very, very graphic, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, they would be at gay bars and doing this with, you know, different people, and um, it's that fine line of exactly what you just said. Do I stand there and I look at this, or do I take a stand? And yet, in that situation, because you're you're talking to people that aren't believers. You want to still be a part of their world. And I know you had mentioned you have a friend that wrote a book on eating with sinners. And um, so you get into that, that whole thing of what would Jesus do? Do you sure. come across as the prude and this is not acceptable and then they never even put you in their world again? Um, but in your situation as a leader, you were putting your stamp of approval on it. So it's that fine line of when do you put your stamp of approval, when do you not say anything, when do you go back and go, you know what, that was really bothering me that, you know, I saw all those things with, you know, the words that were on there and that's not appropriate. So do you have anything to say about that, Oh, yes, wise one, Terry Davis? Well, it is a fine line, and, and the difference would be, like, this kid that I was talking about, he was a leader in our youth group. He, he claimed to be a Christian. He claimed to be a leader. Um, and, and I would say, you know, you render grace like crazy to someone who is not a Christian. The thing, as a leader, though, if, if I had somebody that I oversaw and it was in a non-Christian atmosphere, but they were going against the, the prescribed rules or standards of whatever team we're working on that's that's what i mean if they are you know if that you know they're um cheating or stealing from the company whatever like we have to take a stand i'm i'm definitely think we have to show if if it's a non-christian and we're outside they're outside of christ we have to be very gracious and very careful with mm-hmm. them and not expect them to act like christians just because we are yeah uh, but when when someone were to come to us and they were doing something that, that they know is wrong and they know that the team has said this is a standard we have and we even as Christians just turn a blind eye to it, we are not modeling for them what it means to be a Christian. We're actually showing them that this really isn't that important to them and they, they're they letting me get away with something that we both know is wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that you differentiated with that. You You worded that really well. Well, and I think sometimes... When you're in a situation and you see something, and I think you get that gut feeling, like I need mm-hmm. to, I need to act on this because this, this is bothering me, so I need to say something. And I think so many times we we dismiss that gut feeling because we don't want to mm-hmm. deal with it because we know that's going to take us into that danger zone of potential conflict. So I think sometimes you know we know when we need to deal with something. We just need to, like you said, stand up and do it because our mm-hmm. silence will speak louder than our you know 
are confronting in love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, your next one, next tip is never talk negative about other sponsors. And I and I would like to take that into or team members. Yeah, team. Yes. Yes, and it's sometimes it's so easier, it's so much easier, and especially in Christian realms, we you know we want to share a prayer request with someone <laughs> and, or or get someone's opinion, and we talk to everybody about somebody else, and we never talk to the person we need to be talking mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. and that that can just just become a cancer in a team if 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 you're talking to everybody except for the person uh, for one reason because the person you're talking to is only getting your side of it. And you're giving them a negative view of somebody, and it, you could be half the problem. You yeah. know, it, it, so we, we have a responsibility to go to the person that, that we have a problem with and talk to them and not to talk with them. But, but that, that whole mindset can really just be detrimental to a team, and um, it causes division and it causes lack of trust. And, and that person that you've confided in, you know, they may be feeling, well, am I next? You're going to talk about me to somebody else, you know, next. And and we never get to the root of the problem. We just get talking and sharing, and nothing ever gets done. Well, and I think what we see is it becomes very divisive. We don't think about it, but you're being very divisive within the team mm-hmm. in, in some subtle ways sometimes. And like you said, in the name of, of concern and prayer requests. Yeah, because we were going to yep. pray for our producer after the show. <laughs> We were going to share prayer requests over the air about her, but yeah. we won't now because we've been highly convicted and our gut is telling us, oh, no, no. But that is so true. We we kind of process these, you know, some of it through prayer, and it, it nothing's going to get accomplished by doing that. You have to go with Matthew 18. I mean, there's a reason right. why that's in the Bible, and we need to follow his guidance and his direction and, and deal with it that way. And I even... When you're with people that, um, even on the, the bigger level, you'll see um, team members just kind of dogging the church and the whole mm-hmm. department, and that one is a is a major red flag. And I know with Lisa and I, we always laugh because we're like, okay, we have the fear of God. <laughs> it's too big of a fear to be messing with the body of Christ and right. um, saying comments. And people need yeah. to, it's like we've gotten away from having that fear of the holiness of God's not going to bless you when you're responding that way. Sure. And there, it is a fine line again, but we have to – being supportive and being positive about something doesn't mean always validating and agreeing with everything they say or they do. But we have, especially as leaders, we have a responsibility to uplift the leaders above us. And, uh, you know – it, we can't be throwing them under the bus or saying, you know, I don't want to do this, but this is what they're telling me I have to do. And, again, we can disagree and still be respectful and still be supportive and not be negative. Mm-hmm. And there is, again, there is a, there's a line where uh, it's a, a, the word is appropriateness, where it is inappropriate for me to discuss this with you because it is about those who are in leadership mm-hmm. over, over me. Uh, I love that line from Saving Private Ryan where Tom Hanks' character, the, the captain, all of his men are griping, and they, they ask him, why don't you ever gripe? And he said, because I don't gripe. You're below me in rank. I don't gripe to you. That would be wrong. I gripe to the people that give me the orders. That's who I talk to, and I don't talk to you. And so the people, the church leadership that's over us, we can't 
gripe about them to our team, that's that's inappropriate. We mm-hmm. if we have a problem with them, we take it to them. That's and you know what? That's, that's even a whole nother. That's that could be a whole show right there. Gripe, gripe up, don't gripe down. Yeah. <laughs> so many times you you do, and it says a lot about you when you're griping down. Mm-hmm. Well, what would be your next tip? Um, I would say um, never make fun of somebody too. It kind of goes in the same way, but so many times in Christianity, you you walk into a group, and you know if you if you're somebody who at work or school whatever, you just see people getting torn down and run down all the time, and then you go into a a church setting, and in the name of being fun, they and there's a difference between you know just kidding around or just you know a lot of times you walk into a group and there's one person that everybody just picks on constantly, and would be and me. Just, my- <laughs> and and you know to the point where it's not on. always funny anymore. <laughs> and I just picture that person you know that that is never been to a church or a church team, and they. They walk in and they see this is just like work. You know, why would I want to be a part of something where it's it's just like the world? This, there's nothing different about these people. And, and again, I'm not saying we don't have fun. Please, 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 please. And you know, it. I understand that. But when it's a constant sort of thing, and, and also that along with that is just knowing where people are. Uh, sometimes people use self-deprivation as a as a coping mechanism and something that that they invite and they make fun of themselves and we start making fun of it with them is something that is really really painful to them and uh we just have to be very careful with with how we use humor because it sometimes it there's more to it than just being funny sometimes it can hurt people or hurt people that are that are seeing it from the outside well, and we have less than a minute to take before we take a break, but that is such a good point. I think the thing on using humor is what is your motivation in using it? Mm-hmm. Are you using it to be kind of sarcastic, to kind of give a dig with, with a flair of humor? Are you truly just having fun and it's for fun purpose? And I think sometimes people use humor in a destructive way at somebody else's right. expense. And so you have to examine your motive behind using your humor um, to make sure that it's, it's not putting somebody in a bad spot or humiliating them, but... It's edifying them and really creating that fun because, like you said, we love having fun. And if it's not fun, it's, it's like things get boring. So, but you, you have to be aware of that and be careful. So as we go into our break, we're going to continue talking with Terry Davis about staying motivated and misleading in ministries and our organization or a team, which can be deflating sometimes. So stay with us. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Have you been laid off, fired, downsized, right-sized, or re-engineered out of a job? Are you unemployed or anticipate that possibility? Then tune in for Successfully Unemployed, hosted by Alan Sherwood, MBA, president of Sherwood Consulting Service. Successfully Unemployed will provide you a hope-filled and comprehensive approach to the job search process from an author who's experienced it all. Alan and his guests will cover all dimensions of a job 
job search, physical tasks, mental attitude, emotional health, even one's spiritual perspective. All must be integrated in order for a person to be successfully unemployed so they can then be successfully employed. This show is designed to help you move forward from job loss to finding or creating more fulfilling work. For more on Alan Sherwood, MBA, and the show, check out his website, SuccessfullyUnemployed.com. Then join us for Successfully Unemployed with Alan Sherwood, MBA. Thursday nights at 8, 7 Central here on Toginet.com. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 Central on Toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, thank you for staying with us. Today we are coming back with Terry Davis, and we are talking about tips on how to stay motivated. But we are also talking on tips of what Terry wished he knew when he started ministry. <laughs> and we were hit on 25, and I, I think we are at 6 because Lisa much. Although I'm not allowed to do that because that was tip number six, not <laughs> not to use humor. Because I just want to know what was your motive on that humor? Were you to were you trying to put me down or what? Yes, my motive was to put you down and to to close your mouth. <laughs> so Terry, let's move on to the next tip. Yes, um, something that's huge, I think, is just remembering time is important. The the longer you stay in any specific ministry. The, the greater the impact you're going to have. And um, sometimes seeing the big picture is just knowing that whatever you make a change, whether it's a new leader or a new program or a new venture, it takes a while to get some traction. My experience, it has been year three. And and so many times we, we want to give up because we want immediate results, but it it takes a while for trust to be built for people, even if it's an event, for people to remember, okay, this happens this weekend every year. And and it's been amazing as I've planned events or do, done things, uh, as that year three begins, all of a sudden growth starts happening. All of a sudden connection starts happening. And so we just need to give things a little bit more time so it becomes uh, familiar to the people that we're working with and serving with. And so I don't love get that. too anxious. Well, we live in a world of instant gratification and, mm-hmm. you know, that, that microwave culture that we think, gosh, I've been doing this for six months, and how come I'm not in my brave heart stage, you know, with my sword raised and 100 people following me? <laughs> and yeah. 
we, we can really be down on ourselves. And that goes back to how do you stay motivated? And even that, the knowledge and the education of knowing that it's going to take a little bit of time. So I love that. That gives people hope that year three was kind of a magical number for you. Yeah. And the reward is way past that. And again, my frame of reference is youth ministry, but you know, so many times in youth ministry, you, you think when they're a senior in high school, that's when they should be leaders and doing things. And what I found now as I'm older in youth ministry, uh, the real reward comes in youth ministry when you see kids that are in their 30s and their parents and they're involved in ministry. And then you get to see, wow, they did turn out okay. And, and the reward sometimes comes much later than, than we want it and I had an intern once whose father was a bricklayer, and he was so frustrated as a ministry intern because he said, I want to go home and see that I've built a wall because my dad builds brick walls, and at the end of the day, there's something that you've accomplished. Mm-hmm. And in ministry, it, you don't build walls, and it may take years to see the final product. And if you want the the instant reward at the end of the day, that's not going to happen many times. We have to be patient and wait, and it takes time. Well, and you know what? Um, my husband and I used to be in youth ministry for, for years, and I totally agree with you because now we see, see kids that were in our youth, you know, youth group that are now in their 30s having kids. And I want to tell you the only negative to that is you realize that you're aging too. So I don't want to speak <laughs> of that part of it. But besides that part, it is awesome, and it's awesome to be in a place um, – for a period of time where you are just doing life together and you see people and you go, man, they know some things and I know some things in a good way. We've done life together. We've been through the mm-hmm. ups and downs and we've raised in the generation things and pouring into it. And there's something so satisfying about that, just the stability and the consistency of being. Because you see in our society, people get wounded, get their feelings hurt, and they just bail quickly, whether it's a marriage or a friendship or a ministry or a church. And mm-hmm. they just move to another place, but they take their baggage with them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it's like it's good to just stay in one place, like you said, build that credibility, build that trust, and you are not going to see always the results. It might be years down the road, but you just keep doing and, and plotting mm-hmm. around. Exactly. Exactly right. Okay. I think we're actually we're moving along here. Okay. <laughs> so what next, would our next tip be? I would say stay positive when things get crazy. Because something is going to get crazy, all there, there's something unexpected is going to happen, and the and the way that the leaders handle those situations will speak very highly. And it may be something as simple as a plan that you have laid out just doesn't work. It doesn't go the way you expected it to go. It isn't the way you hoped to go. And and the way your leadership team reacts to that will will speak loudly to the kids. Uh, I, I tell my sponsors, you know, sometimes youth group we play games, and I said, I, when the game's not going good, trust me, I know. I know when I'm dying, you know, when it just didn't go the way I thought it would. But when the leaders start saying how stupid this is, you, you've lost those you're trying to lead. Mm-hmm. More importantly, sometimes the craziness happens. It may be a, an accident. It may be somebody getting hurt. And, and at that moment, when, when things are out of whack and they're going crazy, the way that the, the leadership team, the, those who are in charge, step up and handle that situation will speak loudly and will will minister to those that they are working with. So we have to be, it's, it's, I know it's really hard, but we have to stay in control and stay positive 
even when things just seem to be falling apart. Because mm-hmm. it's really easy. Pain and uh, complaining is a, an easy de- common denominator mm-hmm. to connect with people, and you can get caught up in that rather than being the one that creates that positive atmosphere and is, is always moving people forward. Mm-hmm, exactly. I love that. Okay, and what's our next one? I, make sure you work the proper channels. Whatever organization you have, what, whatever is set up for you, make sure that you work the pop, proper channels. Here's a really positive example. Uh, my last ministry, uh, the Passion of the Christ had come out, and one of my youth leaders came up to me, and he said his name was Troy, and Troy said, I, would, I, I want to take my, my high schoolers to see this R-rated movie. And he said, here's what I've done. He goes, I've seen it, and I think it's appropriate. He said, if you are okay with it as the leader, the next step is I'm going to call all of their parents privately and ask them, if any parent says they don't movie, we won't go. After I've talked to the parents and I've talked to you, next I will talk to the kids and ask them if they want to, and then we'll go see it. And he's like, do I have your permission for that? Yes, you do, I said. <laughs> you, there, there are certain, whatever it is in your organization, uh, the old adage that it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission is a lie. It's not. <laughs> we have to follow those parameters that are set there, and it is, it is difficult to ask for forgiveness when you haven't gone through the proper channels and, and you lose trust from those that have entrusted you to lead. So we need to, whatever that is, whatever the organization looks like, don't promise things to the people you're leading until you have first gone through the proper channels of your organization. That's a great tip. Mm-hmm. I'm busy typing, so I'm hard <laughs> to ponder and to type at the same time because we see so many women in, in, in leadership and in teams, especially in teams working with, and it's like you want to promise the moon and mm-hmm. just to keep, them, to keep them highly motivated, and then you have to retract things sometimes. Which we do. Which we do. So I'm speaking to us right now, and I'm hearing it very loudly. So yeah, and when you have to retract, it takes a little notch away from your leadership from them. Like, it, it, it's a little bit harder to trust you the next time. And well, they have we to say, well, is it true, or are you going to come back in a day and tell me we can't do that? Absolutely. We, yeah, we could do a whole thing on retractable ministry because yeah. we've done so much. <laughs> And, you know, and sometimes it's just doing your homework and, you know, doing it ahead of time. I was, when my kids were little, we were driving, we lived in Florida and we were driving home and I had this idea and I just screamed out in the van, hey, why don't we get a hotel and spend the night at the beach tonight? And the kids were like, yeah, and we were all excited and we drove and who would have thought, but there was no hotels, vacancies at the, we drove for like an hour and a half and there was nothing. So we had to drive to Central Florida with my kids crying for an hour and a half the whole way. And if I just would have stopped real quick and made a phone call and got a room first before I unleashed it on them, it would have been so much easier. And I wouldn't have had to listen to them cry and tell me I was the worst father in the world for an hour <laughs> if I just would have stopped and done my homework first. Oh, yeah, that I homework it... is never fun, though, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, Carrie, we only have three more minutes. This literally went by way too quickly. So if you could just find one more tip that we just can't live without, what would that be? I think hands down it is just to be sensitive. Mm. You do not know who is in the room and who you are working with, so so be very, very sensitive. Um, I don't know 
I, that Lisa's looking at me and laughing right now. I, I am. I am. I think that goes back to tip number six on the mock. Yes. I'm it, feeling it kinda, it kinda atmosphere right I now. deleted tip number six. I deleted <laughs> humor thing because, yeah, I deleted that. So that doesn't exist. So I am free to mock and give her some looks right now, just so you know. <laughs> All right, whatever. What do I have to be yeah. sensitive about? Well, just – and I – Seriously, and there's time for joking, and I understand that. But even then, just know, just we don't know what everybody around us is dealing with. Yes. Yeah. Um, I have a friend from college that I found out ten years after college had struggled with homosexuality for years. Mm-hmm. And when I found that out, I I had this pit in my stomach when I thought of how many times in college did I say by the way that I joked. And the way I talked was I communicated to this friend of mine, don't you ever come talk to me because I'm just going to make fun of you. Mm-hmm. And we don't know where other people, ha- what they have dealt with, what they have been through. And and so many times, usually trying to be funny, but or, or we just don't know where they are. And we have to be sensitive to the things that are struggles for those people around us. And, and to always be thinking of how, as leaders, are we helping them get closer to Christ? Or are we pushing them away by the way that that we talk around them, or the things that we make fun of, or the things that we make light of in their presence? So be sensitive to where people are around you. And that is such a great point. And Terry, we literally have seconds till we are done with this show, and we just want to thank you just for sharing these incredible tips. And where people can find you um, through Girlfriend It and and connect more. But um, this is such a great. A great point in dealing because we don't know what other people are carrying. We don't know their baggage, their life experience, and we, especially as women, are so great at wearing masks, and I'm fine, thank you, and inside Mm -hmm. we're dying. So it's like giving grace and being sensitive and understanding that there's a lot more to people's lives than what we see on the outside and being sensitive, and that's a great tip, and I think that's a great message for us to leave the show. So thank you, Terry, and I will be back next week. All right. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show 